0: This is the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the best of today's Sports Channel
1: 8, the radio show. Sports show, the radio show. All up in your waves on a Wednesday morning. So just start reading liners now. Have you heard the news? No, no, no. We got some best stuff to talk about. But Wednesdays, it's like, man, you can't look back on games. It's like too far. We can't talk about, you know, the Panthers beating the Cardinals. I, I
0: can I can still give you 20 minutes on Matt McKay. Hey, what, and NC State if you need we've it. We've
1: got that in reserve. We've got that in reserve. Josh Goodson. Back from uh, travels to Ohio yeah, and looking very Josh Goodson-esque with a master's belt, a Peter Millar NC State shirt. Brian Geisiger not in studio today. He may make up some time with us uh, later this week. Jonathan Rand pushing the buttons. Hayes Permar still a little weary from not getting much sleep because of my scraped-up leg. And I got to check out Poolside Pies last night, first time ever there. And, of course... As we mentioned and we will continue to mention, Bluegrass is in town. So I was out at the Bluegrass Ramble last night checking out a couple of the shows. Mile 12. Mile 12 is the band that you need to see. There's big bands. We'll play some of the other ones. There's like Frank Sullivan and Dirty Kitchen. They're great. Mile 12 is the Bluegrass band that you may not have heard of that you need to go see. I checked them out last night. I will be checking them out again. Also, I had no idea of this until yesterday when I was searching at the, the Bluegrass Ramble schedule. Uh, basically, tonight, tomorrow night, Thursday actually goes through all the week, but Friday and Saturday is a whole bunch of bluegrass going on at nights. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's just eight or nine or so different venues the Poor House, the Architect, some places in the Convention Center, the Marriott Ballroom, stuff like that, where bands just like rotate through and play for an hour and stuff. So I was looking at the schedule, and if they had just said John Schneider, I probably would have just cruised through it like any other band. You know, it's they're the, the listed the bands and it says John Schneider. But wisely, they put John Boduke Schneider. So then you're like, wait a minute. I know who that is. So, yes, one of the Dukes of Hazards, the actors from the uh, popular TV series, is playing in this year's IBMA Bluegrass. So um, we're going to try and get him on the show. We'll see how that happens. Oh, were- yes. You you don't know the Dukes of Dukes of Hazard? I know. You, of probably, them. you probably saw the remade movie, didn't you?
2: Nah.
0: No. Oh yeah, Jessica Simpson.
2: <laughs> see, I, if you did, <laughs> you you didn't need, it. if you did, you need two hours of your life back.
1: uh you, well, you're young too, Red. Do you guys remember watching the Dukes of Hazard on uh, TV? Don't, and this is one of those I never want to be a show. We've talked about this before. When somebody names a popular movie and you feel like you have to say you've seen it, be like, yeah. oh yeah, I know what you're talking no, about. I, in this show, it, you don't have in to worry about that <laughs> We will tell you if we do not know the movie or TV show or musical artist or whatever that you're talking about, even if it makes us look lame or old or whatever. But do you guys remember watching the Dukes of Hazzard? You're a little bit younger than I
2: am. I watched it, obviously, after the fact, but my parents showed showed, like injuries. So
1: in in syndication
2: or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I have distinct
1: memories. Mm. Friday nights at either, I don't remember if it was, I'd like to think it was 8 o'clock, but I was a little kid, so it was probably like 7 o'clock and they put me to bed at 8. And I don't remember the exact order, but it was either Hee Haw and then Dukes of Hazzard or Dukes of Hazzard then Hee Haw. Yeah. And my pops would, like, cook popcorn at the commercial break in between. Like, you'd watch Hee Haw, cook the popcorn, and then watch Dukes of Hazzard with popcorn.
2: It's a great night, man.
1: And go to bed. It's a great night. And this is like, I won't say it certainly could have been late late 80s. Early 80s, we didn't have cable. My family did not have cable. We had three channels, so Dukes of Hazzard was a huge show.
2: So it's like Moose right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes. Also, I got to say, the Dukes of Hazard, the General Lee it's yes. like my favorite toy oh. of all time. I had one where you could like pop open the roof and slide G.I. Joe figures in there and make them drive it. And now I'm like, yeah, like, am I going to be, am I going to be called out for that in the future? You know how people get their old tweets like Redug? Oh, yeah. Is it going to be like, played with a Confederate flag toy?
2: As a child. Cannot be trusted. Now that we're big time, you might. You might want to scrub that.
1: Um, no, I'm not. I mean, you know. No. I mean, if, if America's going to have to scrub that that was the most watched show in, right. in television and for that, years.
2: That car could go, and it um, could fly.
1: But, yeah, things change. Uh, but, so, yeah, Bluegrass Ramble continues. Uh, the, the IBMA. Things really crank up Friday and Saturday. Friday, you're going to have a tough time keeping me in studio because I'm going to want to so quickly get outside down there on Fayetteville Street. I'm going to set up chairs. You, You've been to the Masters. Yeah. You know how the master's yeah. chairs works, right? Yeah. There's like an an honor system.
0: Yeah. You know? you don't sit in anybody's chair. As
1: long as you get out there, don't run. Or you,
0: you can sit in someone's chair, but if yes. someone comes back to claim their chair, you get up. Yes.
1: So uh, you can get out there at 5 a.m. I was about to say 5 a.m. in the morning and be super redundant about it. 5 in the morning, you can get out there and the master's, walk out to... Whatever you want. eleven, twelve—that's that's usually probably one of the most popular spots. You can see the 11 green, 12 team. Set your chairs out there and leave them. You don't have to touch them. You can walk away. Other people can sit in them, but if you come back, they get out. Same thing at Bluegrass. So there's a couple of free live stages down there. I'll be setting up my chairs before the show, then coming and doing the show Friday, and then going back there. Is
0: there any uh, Bluegrass darties?
1: Oh, That's a great question because
0: Brian Geisinger attended yeah. a few hopscotch darty day parties okay. darties
1: i will say I'll say this I don't see in the bluegrass schedule I don't see them pushing the dart, the darties as much but i th- I believe that other if you're if you're a bar around downtown and you're not officially part of like the bluegrass event, you'd be wise knowing that you've got thousands of people expecting to hear bluegrass or bluegrass fans walking around to go ahead and just you know throw a live band in there and have yourself a darty so I'll be <laughs> that's a great question I'll be looking to see if there are any darties that are going to pop up one thing that popped up yesterday and it actually popped up on our show randomly first because we had an uninvited guest in the show he just showed up in studio um
2: yeah, that we, that, that's my bad as the producer that yeah, that, that falls to, on me
1: we have to check security but Joe Ovius uh, dropped this question, but the question actually originally came. Sometimes Ovius forgets to leave out where he originally gets stuff from. Um, Joe Ovies with ninety nine point nine the fan. Don't be lost on it. It was not a Joe Ovius original question. My man James Lee Gilbert on Twitter at James Lee Gilbert. James Gilbert. We like to give credit to people when they come up with ideas. He was the first to ask the question yesterday. That then sort of snowballed from there. Would. Clemson, and then actually somebody in South Carolina took it and did the flip side. Would UNC take a football win over Clemson today for giving up their streak of always beating Clemson in Chapel Hill later this year? I believe it's... In basketball. January 11th in basketball. I could not believe that this was actually a, a hotly contested idea. If you're UNC, I guess... I just don't see anything you gain from having the win streak against Clemson continue in basketball. For some
0: reason, if you had that win streak over Duke, yeah, or yes. over maybe like, a, a team somebody that I, you care like, about, I, I don't even know if many Clemson people really even care they about don't care it. That a that lot much. of like, and another thing I, I think about: a lot of people lose in Chapel Hill yeah. against, against UNC in basketball. Like NC State forever had that streak in Durham, yes, of losing to Duke, like. The la- it is the last twenty years, and like I don't, I didn't care.
1: It's yeah, it's it's an odd, cool thing that right. gets obviously it's going to be brought up on the TV broadcast. It makes a late game UNC comeback against Clemson in Chapel Hill slightly more meaningful. The day of
0: the, the day of the game, it's an interesting thing. Sure. Beyond like the other three hundred and sixty four days but of the year, cares. no one cares. You
1: don't get anything for it. No recruit is is turning their head to UNC because they're like, whoa, 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 Clemson has never won here, and now. I mean, it was a much bigger deal when it was like round robin, when you went to Clemson every year and then they had to right. come, you know. But now they just visit Chapel Hill once every, I don't know, three or five years. I just don't see anything that you get of it. Now, yes, if Clemson wins in UNC in basketball, which they will eventually, they're going to at some point anyway, it's in a, right? It's,
0: it's literally a, like a st- statistical anomaly that yeah. they have it. It's
1: it's like a 16 <laughs> seed over 1. It was going to happen anyway. It just happened to be uh, Virginia. I mean, people were saying that, though. They were like, even though a 16 over 1 is improbable, we've now gone so many years that it's actually likely to have happened. Um, Clemson's going to get the win, but UNC won't lose any. Clemson will print up T-shirts that say, one. In, is it 57 or 59? Whatever, yeah, yeah. One in whatever. And, like, UNC fans are like, darn, they get to make those T-shirts. But I don't get it at all. What? Like, it's a... It's a cool stat, it's a trivia, it's a tweet thing, oh, you know, oh, whatever. But I just, if you beat Clemson in football, it's the number one team in the country.
0: You're at home. Yeah. Like in, in the, and I, I tweeted this yesterday, you're at home, you're beating the number one team in the country, the defending national champion in year one of a new regime for a football, I think the, the talk last week was football culture. Yeah. In a place that's starving, yes. for like a big football moment
1: win. People are saying, "Oh, well, not this year when they're two and two because it's not going to matter that much." <laughs> if you were zero and ten, I would still take a win right. over Clemson and trade it for whatever rinky dink win they can have in Chapel Hill in basketball. I look. I obviously am open to people having their own opinion about it, but I saw. But th- if you
0: have that opinion, you're dumb. No, <laughs> sorry,
1: I just. I didn't see it. And and you could also tell me why. Well, and, and we know there's a lot of people out here like this. This is part of the football culture discussion. I don't care about Carolina football. And, and, and I respect the honesty if you are just a Carolina basketball fan. But still, I feel like there would be, you know, a, 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 at least an understanding of the events that Carolina beating the number one team in football is a huge deal. Clemson winning a game in Chapel Hill. Not a big deal, and, even if they've never done it before.
0: And not, a, and and take it a step further. If you're trying to win a coastal division, yeah, no, no, like it, it, if you lose one basketball game to Clemson and Chapel Hill, you can nothing. still win the you national can make, go championship. You the final four. You, can you win the
1: ACC, you can, you can win the ACC regular season. You can win the ACC can tournament. You can go to the final four. You can win the national any, championship.
0: Anything that you want to win, but like if you beat if you beat an ACC team like Clemson at home, not only is it being number one team in the country, you're all of a sudden being like, you know what. Usually six and two or five and three yeah. can win the coastal. You, and now, like, we had already put the we'd already given ourselves a loss. Yeah, if in you the wanna, conference, if you want to
1: put it in perspective for just this year, and say, I mean, again, I don't understand. People are like, oh, well, they're only two and two. I'm like, yeah, you're that's halfway to a bowl game. That's uh, now we're talking about this as if it's actually right. like possible. It
2: also depends on if if the Clemson game's conference game or not. So, right, right, right.
1: if it were a non-conference yeah. Clemson game like yeah. Wake Forest, but so that's again, I and mean, if you if you want to tell us we're wrong. And I tried to read some of the Twitter responses. Again, the first guy was James Gilbert. He asked the question. Actually, he asked it directly at Brownlow. And then she retweeted like, no, I don't think they would trade it. Again, I I disagree. I'd be interested in what Brownlow's take is now that she's probably heard from a lot more people on it. Um, And then Joe Ovius took it from there and made it into a – Twitter question without retweeting James Lee. Gitter. There was a
2: uh, one guy on Twitter who said that he did not want the Clemson win in Chapel Hill for a Chapel uh, UNC win this weekend in football. That was John Swafford, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> At Swaff. At Swaff. He would this, not trade that.
1: Swaff doesn't lurk on Twitter, right? We no, I don't we, think so. We knew we've we know. I mean, Debbie Al's just out there on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I mean, she doesn't even talking. lurk. K <laughs> has famously talked about either lurking on Twitter or have one that someone that lurks for him. I know that there are people on, at the ACC League office that monitor Twitter. I've had questions about tweets before that came from them, but I don't know if any of them are directly linked to the SWAF. That'd be interesting, though. I, like,
2: I mean, that's going off on a different tangent, but like, what if that was your job description? Like, what do you do? I, uh, I lurk on Twitter for SWAF. How that's many, it. How many years
0: are, are, do people still talk about, like, NC State beating Florida State in yeah. 98? Now, yeah. mind they you, win. NC State's done it a, multiple, multiple times. times since then, but— I, I still talk about that moment. Like, I was there. Yeah. I remember it happening, and that was, like, one of the bigger, probably the biggest f- win in football history for NC State.
1: Um, you'd probably create some folk heroes out of it. Yeah. Somebody would return a punt or block a field goal that they might not ever go to the NFL, but people yeah. will always remember. People remember uh, Nick Wyler kicking the uh, field goal against Florida State. And well, then, you
0: do. I, I didn't remember Oh, come
1: that. on. You, you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I, you, know, you wouldn't know that name. But the only reason you know that name is that guy kicked the game-winning field goal against Florida State and then Tomahawk chopped it down the sideline in celebration. So, I mean, that's – that, and again, that's what football is too anyway because it's – ah, yes. That's
2: Nick Weiler. That's really loud. Right there, yes.
1: <laughs> that's kind of what football is anyway. You know, you've got 12 showcase TV events that you're a part of, right? I mean, obviously, if you go to a champ, ACC championship game and a bowl game, 14 or whatever. But, like, you're just trying to create – Big moments at maybe three or four of those games because you got th- three games that you're probably going to win anyway, you know, three games that you're probably going to lose and they're, they're not going to be very fun to watch. If you're a triangle team, you got like three or four big moments in each football season a big win over a Florida State or Clemson when they're ranked, a big win over your rival, whether it's a Russell Wilson two yard Hail Mary or a Geo Bernard punt run back. I mean, the moments make the football season, and if UNC beat Clemson. As number one, as the biggest underdog they've
0: ever been, like it, there's so many layers to this yeah. of like what it would what it would mean, and if quite frankly, if you think losing one basketball game, I just in, don't in, get it. on January the 11th and, in a in a game that literally is irrelevant except for some anomalous yeah. weird stat, like it, it just means nothing.
2: And really, if anything is gonna vault, Sam and they've lost ha- to
0: the Clemson plenty of times at Clemson, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like they've. Never lost the Clemson. Never lost to
2: Clemson. If anything's going to vault Sam Howell over Trevor Lawrence in the NFL draft boards, this is going to be it.
1: But no, it's going to be all the different coaches that keep calling him Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think, uh, I can't remember who did it first. Did Drinkwitz call him Baker Mayfield? Somebody else has referred to Sam Howell as Baker Mayfield. He was
0: not referred to as Matt McKay. And now, I know that. And
1: now Davos Swinney is referring to uh, to Sam Howell as Baker Mayfield. But yeah, no, and, and you said this earlier, if it were... Even if it weren't all time, but if it were like a 20-game win streak against Duke or something or NC State, then you're talking, okay, these are rivalries that matter. But UNC Clemson basketball, I just, I, I don't get it. I uh, may, Maybe you remember and are still mad about Rick Barnes roughing it up with Dean Smith and you know throwing his whole team at Antoine Jameson and fouling out till he could only play four players. And, you know, trying to start beef with Dean. And because of that, you never want Clemson to get up off the mat. I mean, maybe if that's your angle, right? But I just don't see, in in today's world, I I don't see how you, you make a regular season weird anomaly stat more important than beating the number one team in the country. Speaking of the number one team in the country, Josh Goodson, do you know when the last time? UNC hosted the number one team in the country in Chapel Hill. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Clemson basketball. No, it was. at Well, I, they probably the last time they hosted it in football. So I should clarify. I'm sure they've hosted a number one team in basketball since. Then. I do
0: know. I... <laughs> I was going
1: to say, yeah, you, you don't have to answer because we will talk about <laughs> okay. it later on the show. I don't know. When, like,
0: uh you really going yeah, to tell you, or yeah. are we teasing?
1: No, nah, At 11:30, Josh Goodson has gotten the keys from Ben Swain to crank up the Wayback Machine and take us back to the last time UNC hosted the number one team in the country. We'll talk about who it was, what all was going on that season, and what else was going on in the world of pop culture, music, movies, TV, Broadway, all that other stuff in the Wayback Machine. That comes up at 1130. If you just want ACC cool points, you can tweet at us at Sports Channel 8 and tell us who, uh, when the last time UNC hosted the number one team in football. It might have been on this exact date a certain number of years ago, a certain round number. Of years ago, even so,
2: and those cool points, those cool points
1: add they up. They add up. They add up. I mean, you can apply them to your team's uh, Joe Giglio, Mac Brown State Cup standings, and try and boost you up a little bit. If you know, like, if you're UNC and you haven't beat anybody in state yet, and and
2: you need bonus cool points. If you're still taking this class and you need some bonus points <laughs> at the end of the semester, we'll, this, yeah, we'll cool it points help.
0: Speaking of uh, UNC being a, the big underdog, uh, this also it's a weekend of triangle underdogs. Okay, all three triangle schools are underdogs. All three, well, UNC at home, NC State, and Duke on the road. So, I think we got to fire up a sports Lake Parlay. Parlay?
1: Can, can we? <laughs> yes. The old North Carolina football parlay. Now, these have worked out well for us at certain times. Bowl season? Yeah. We did well a couple – there's been a couple of years where we were at, like, the Sun Bowl, the Detroit Bowl. and Shreveport. The Belk Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Shreveport Independence Bowl when it was then. And uh, State, Duke, and Carolina will all get it done – I'm not feeling this we one. we definitely need to fire it up. Anytime we got all three triangle schools as underdogs, we need to fire it up. But I feel a lot better if it were like state at Florida State, Duke at Virginia Tech and, and UNC, UNC like
0: at Pitt
2: or something yes. like that. Yes,
1: yeah, UNC at Pitt and, and Pitt's a one point uh favorite so like the, I, I explain, prefer that.
2: Explain it to me more goods and they all have to win.
0: This is so yeah. yes. Parlay. So you can you can bet yeah, this is like a I'm, uh, yeah. gambling 101 this right here. You can obviously bet on three separate Bets of UNC, NC State, and Duke, you can uh, wager on them covering whatever spread they have, and also you could bet on them winning the game outright. Okay, the odds are different and the payouts are different yeah. based on that. Parlaying all three outcomes have to happen. You can't have two and one or yeah. one and two or oh and three. All three have to happen. And in this in this instance, if uh, a one hundred, if you were to wager a hundred dollars on North Carolina State and Duke all winning this week. Ten thousand dollars would be your payout. All
1: right, all right. Now let, let me, because there are different ways to do parlays as well. What if we just did them cover the parlay that's un- not a, uncovering? Who cares? Come on, we could do that. UNC keeps so yeah, we no. just need UNC to keep it close. Duke could lose by what a field goal because they're or, no now now that lines they down basically to what? would have to win or lose by. All right, so yeah, Duke and State win. UNC just covers. That should at least get us something. It won't get us the ten thousand dollars. If, if
0: they all cover, it's only six hundred bucks. For
2: I'll a hundred dollars, yeah,
0: Ooh. we can win more playing Mississippi Stud. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> why, why, why? Why worry about outcomes in football games of eighteen-year-olds? Like,
1: I'm just trying to at least give us something to possibly tangi- tangibly hold on to, like okay. UNC covering, as opposed to impossible quests like UNC actually beating Clemson. Uh, but we'll we'll see. We'll let you know by Friday what our decision is going to be. Maybe we can put in one of both. Yeah, um, we can put in a um, outright my money line parlay where they have to win the games or are you
0: but i thought mac is back here you were the first 3 weeks of the year just oh. talking about mac and just cannot get over yourself talking about mac and yeah. now now it's like
1: uh, you know let's just do it see you know
0: see if carolina can cover
1: 28 look mac is still very much back okay if the, it, he got screwed out of a second away <laughs> forest, or that was obviously a win they'd be 3 and 1 right Here's now Here's
0: not idea. maybe maybe don't run a draw play okay. from the 50 in and the middle then, of the field
1: and then last week, they got screwed over by not having Nick Weiler <laughs> being the field goal kicker and make that last second field goal. I'm trying to remember what it is. Again, Max back because he's keeping it interesting. That's all he promised to do was to make it interesting, and now he has done that. All right, I got it. while we're talking hypotheticals, while UNC can trade their wins, this is one that we've kind of been talking about on the peripheral, but I'll throw it directly to you. UNC fans, would you flip your wins and losses right now if you could? You're going to be two and two regardless, right? Would you rather have beaten Wake and App and lost to South Carolina Miami than have beaten South Carolina Miami? And lost wake Or would you rather like lose the Duke in basketball? <laughs> <and> <laughs> would you would you rather lose the Duke in football? Go one on one against State in basketball? Uh, we'll just make this the most complicated so, hypothetical so ever. So it's
2: tough because because you're gonna lose points in two different standings, and it depends on which standings Ooh. are more important That's to you. That's true. The actual standings because right now they're one zero in the Coastal after beating Miami yep. and the Wake Forest game was non-conference. But I in the Mac, they did get that yeah, to win in the Mac Brown State Cup standings. Yeah, that's not going to help you exactly. But a win of Wake
1: App, you'd be first. That's be, true. You would be on your way to being that, that's state. True. You'd have the inside track so on being state champ. Would you, you rather you have Wake the App. belt,
2: or would you rather lose to Clemson twice?
1: Um, like all right. <laughs> would UNC fans rather lose to App in women's soccer, <laughs> and have beaten them in football? Let's let's how many how many different scenarios Ridiculous. Would you trade? Anson Dorrance, four of his 27 national championships for a 7 and 5 season this year. Like, how many different just trades can we make about hypothetical wins? But no, I, I find that a legitimate one. And, and
0: we're only saying this because of how ridiculous the hypothetical is of taking some, taking some basketball win over Clemson, yes. over possibly beating Clemson in football this year. Would
1: you give up a women's soccer national championship? To go over 500 in football this season. We want to hear from you right now. Now, um, but it'll be interesting. I don't believe it'll be an interesting game. But if we do the parlay on the spread, then that always keeps it interesting. the radio show. Is that a Paul Simon cover? Whoa, nice! I don't know if I know that. I am just a poor boy. By the, the end of the week, so I'm, I'm going to
2: cool. know this once all. This is the boxer. This is, <laughs> this is the boxer. La la la. Yeah, yeah. but it's a uh, Jerry Douglas who will be playing this weekend, featuring Mumford and Sons and Paul Simon. Oh, so Paul Simon's playing in on it. Uh, apparently,
1: maybe uh, maybe uh, he and Mumford will show up at A this weekend. They, I will say it is cool. Is I it like just, it It's just Mumford. Is it, is it just Mumford? I think it's just Sons. Like it. Just Sons. <laughs> uh, when they. Paul Simon, he needs to do a little bit more bluegrassy stuff with somebody. It's always cool when they can get a huge name. Like all the huge names in bluegrass are always here, like Sam Bush and Bella Fleck or whatever. But it's cool when they get a big name like when Bruce Hornsby was here, he who's not known as a bluegrass guy, but he had done a bluegrass album, I think, with Ricky Skaggs and some other folks, so it made sense to have him sort of headline Saturday night. And again, much like we're talking about doing covers, I'm sure there's some bluegrass purists who would say, no, just do bluegrass music. We don't need to do purists. They would say, no, we could just headline with all bluegrass people. We don't need the Bruce Hornsby's of the world. But as somebody who appreciates a lot of type of music and just likes a big crowd biggest crowds possible It'd be really cool if they could get paul simon in to do like a bluegrass set at one of these saturday nights not sure if he'd be up for it but we'll see they've had steve martin there before obviously he's i mean he's got his own like bluegrass band so he makes a lot of s- sense
2: to do he's it he's got his own bluegrass musical yeah um based in north carolina based in north carolina i forget the name star uh bright star bright star yeah played last uh, played this past year actually
1: i've been told that i should get into that it, i am not I'm not well-versed in Bright Star. I may have heard it once or twice on uh, Channel 72, on Sirius XM,
2: on Broadway. I think Zebulon, nice. I think Zebulon's mentioned. His name checks. Yes, no, yeah. it
1: definitely does. I think one of the main characters may be from Zebulon. Yeah. So, there's some real North Carolina places and some fake North Carolina places. Speaking of which, you should bring this up. We, we've talked about it earlier on the show. There's a show that debuts tomorrow on CBS based in Raleigh. Oh, yeah called The Unicorns, about a a widowed dad who's got two young kids who goes back to dating. Um, And it's based in Raleigh, and I believe based on an actual story of somebody from Raleigh. And I'm told that there will be some Raleigh name checks, like I think they may mention, oh, I'm headed out to Humble Pod tonight. And I have sources that tell me we might see some ITB insider gear
2: on the set of the show. Ooh, maybe in season two they'll like mention that they listen to Sports, Sports Channel 8. Sports Channel
1: 8, the radio show. Yeah. What was the uh, – we we need Geisiger and Swain back in here because they could tell you the most recent song where somebody name checks the Sports Channel. And, and I believe on Lyrics Genius it says they're talking about Sports Channel 8. There you go. With that in mind, we are going to hop in the Wayback Machine. Ben Swain's not here this week, but he left the keys with Josh Goodson. We are going to hop in the Wayback Machine right now and take it back to September 25th, 1999. Because as Ryan and Durham told us, that was the last time UNC hosted the number one ranked team in the country. It was Florida State. Not quite the same Florida State that had steamrolled through the entire ACC for its first, like, Sixty games or whatever. At this point, they had been dinged for a loss or two.
0: They had lost twice at that point to Virginia, one, Virginia, and, and NC, and one State, to NC State, State the year prior.
1: And UNC was trying to get theirs.
0: But This was still like I would even I would say this was still vintage FSU. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes, I mean as we said, they went on to win the national title. UNC was coached not by Mac Brown, but by. Carl, Torbush. Yes, we should have asked that for a, a trivia question. So uh way back
0: The Wayback machine, we obviously we usually use a sports moment around the triangle and talk about that and kind of what happened after that as as time went on and also we like to highlight what was going on in pop culture in the rest of the world, yeah. Um because you know me, I I am all over the pop culture <laughs> scene. But when we get to the music, a the music was pretty bad. Which probably means I knew all the songs. Okay,
1: I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that because I looked at the. Hits it was bad from September '99, and I was wholly unimpressed. But but so I, I knew but agreed. like
0: I knew them all, so I was like, Ugh, this is not good street cred for me. But uh, no, September 25th, 1999, North Carolina hosted the number one ranked Florida State Seminoles. The game wasn't that good, Hayes. Which I don't know if that as, shocks you, as you
1: do, as you might expect at the time.
0: Um, North Carolina, I don't have a. A bunch of details from the actual game. The final score is 42-10. to 10. Even though I miswrote this, UNC did not cover the spread. The spread was 20 points, so not only did the Hills lose, they did not cover the spread. Uh-huh. Florida State went on to win the national championship that year. They had a really, really, really solid team. Um, again, this is like the Bobby Bowden years. They, they beat Georgia Tech. They beat NC State by 30 points, I believe, the week prior to pl- facing... They actually... It was odd. They played – this Florida State team played NC State the week prior, beat them by 30. Then they went to North Carolina, lost by thir- – I mean, went won by 30. And then they played Duke in that series they played in Jacksonville.
1: Oh, where Duke – was that when Florida State was buying out Duke's right. home games to <laughs> yeah. play them in Florida, even though they were ACC games? Yep. Yikes. That, I mean, that, that is the depth – of Duke not even trying in football. <laughs> we will sell out conference games, take the million bucks, put it in our athletic department. Duke and,
0: was a buy game back in the day. Not that's what not yeah, worry about is.
1: Florida State.
0: Uh, Florida State went on to win a national championship, beat the Michael Vick-led Virginia Tech Hokies. Wow, the
1: Fighting Vicks.
0: The Fighting Vicks in the Sugar Bowl. I, I, I remember that game wasn't too great. Florida State, if you go back and look, you're like, why were they so good? And you're like, well, they just had...
1: So many guys.
0: So many guys. They had three first-round draft picks in that in that next year's draft. So there was more players. There was the freshman or sophomore. Yes, and there were more. But on that on that actual team, they had three guys that would go to be in the first round of the NFL in the following draft, including a kicker taken in the first round. Yes, Sebastian Janikowski.
1: God, when when are we getting a (laughs) thirty for thirty on Sebastian Janikowski? This this had to have been around the time. I forget if it was going into the bowl game that year, the Sugar Bowl, or was it maybe a year before. Regardless if Florida State was playing in a national championship, they were playing in big bowl games every year in the 90s. It was the one where he missed team curfew. And when, you know, nowadays people are like, what are you going to do? you got a rule. A player broke it. And some people would be like, we're handling it internally. Bobby Bowden would to pretend like he wasn't going to bend rules for his kickers, and he famously said, you know what, he was on Polish time. He's, he's from Poland, so it's okay. Just completely bend the rules because he didn't have a good backup kicker. I remember the Polish powder kegs, Sebastian Janikowski. So,
0: he was a first-round pick. That team also included. This was the three wide receivers. Peter Warwick. He was good. Lavernius Coles. Also good. And Quan Bolden.
1: Good <laughs> Lord. I mean, I would if the Panthers could have had those three receivers Bolden, I, I, for like I don't, the first part of Cam's career, I think that would have been better. I think Bolden, than
0: obviously, obviously, Bolden had the best NFL career, but at that point, I mean, you had...
1: Peter Wark looked like he was going to be Randy Moss. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, you thought he would. He was difficult to tackle, like fast and scatty. You know, he could make moves and run far. He got the problem is he ended up on the Bengals. Yeah, he ended up on some bad Bengals teams for a few years, so we didn't get to see the most of him. Lavernius Coles was on some like he was on the Jets. better than average Jets teams when. Uh, oh shoot, what's what's that Jets quarterback that played at Marshall? Pennington. Pennington had, was yeah. there, yeah, when they were like sort of better than you expected. And Laverne Scholes was pretty darn good. That's a good Florida State team.
0: North Carolina had uh, Algie Crumpler, huh, who went yeah. on to a very solid career uh, tight end in the NFL. And UNC, like, legend Ronald Curry. And I don't – around this time, I was 1999. I was 13 years old, 12. So I didn't – I obviously followed sports, but I didn't follow recruiting that much. But yep. you, talk, you hear people talk about – the lead-up of getting Ronald Curry about he was the
1: next whatever. He was the next Iverson in basketball and the next Michael Vick in football based on his high school career. And I'm not even exaggerating. I believe he was the number one player ranked in football and the number one player ranked in basketball. Although a little bit of that probably had to do with, like, he was good at basketball and so it was like, hey, what if he was number one in both? So he got vaulted (laughs) up there. He had an incredible performance. I believed the hype about Ronald Curry when I saw him play in the – What's now the uh, the John Wall Holiday Invitational? Right, old school Glaxo, whatever. And I believe they played that year in Reynolds. Okay, which was kind of a cool setup because they had yeah, the uh, just right the, the same things that made Reynolds cool, made it cool for that tournament. And uh, yeah, he was the truth. I still believe to this day, and I hate to say this because I like athletes who play multiple sports, but if he had picked one or the other, he probably would have been better than he was at right. uh, both. And, and it's weird because I feel like you always look at Ronald Curry. As a slight disappointment, even though if you go look, he's still one of the all-time leading passers in Carolina history. He, you know, I think went to a Final Four with UNC basketball. So, did some great things, but just didn't live up to the hype of being the best basketball player and the best football player in the country at the same time.
0: Enough about uh, Florida. We already talked about Florida State. We talked about who was on the team. Let's go on. The the end of this, this year, right? 1999, the North Carolina Tar Heels. That game, Hayes started a seven-game losing streak for the Hills. Call you hate play. to see it.
1: Yeah, 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 you. Yes, you don't hate to see it. You loved it.
0: North Carolina went on after that game to lose seven straight games, which included a twenty-eight to three home loss. And according to Wikipedia, the attendance that was written was thirty-three thousand, which at that point was like half of Keenan,
1: right? And it was probably half of that,
0: right? To Furman.
1: UNC fans, would you trade that <laughs> loss to Furman back to for I don't know what? Right, though, yes, um, to yeah, Furman. I do remember that they
0: lost seven in a row. Uh, it also included a loss to to Wake Forest, and I remember. Uh, I would assume the ninety nine Wake Forest wasn't
1: wasn't all that great.
0: Probably that good. They lost nineteen to three at home to Wake Forest, hey.
1: and then they no, struggled to score that UNC team. And
0: then uh, that that ninety nine UNC team on a short week had to go to then Erickson Stadium.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Because for whatever reason, NC State in North Carolina decided to play a two-game series in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was one of the
1: dumbest things. Looking I think back on it now, you are like, "What were you doing?" I think we were all swept up in Panthers mania, so right. it felt cool. It was like we have an NFL stadium. We got to go get in that thing, and it was like, you know, it uh, would
0: never happen now. right? I think it
1: was Thanksgiving week. Maybe
0: uh, uh, this was this was a little bit before. There have been there was then a future. There was some North Carolina, NC State, East Carolina games uh, that were around uh, Thanksgiving, yes. but well, and honestly, in, in uh, it cannot have been Thanksgiving. Usually, they didn't start playing NC State, North Carolina on Thanksgiving until recently. Gotcha. Remember, okay. it used to always be Duke, and also the seasons were just shorter. These gotcha. were, this was an eleven-game season.
1: See, yeah, but UNC State in Charlotte. NC- who were the ad wizards who came up with this one? So
0: North Carolina goes into that game. Uh, looks like they were one and eight yes one and eight they go into that game to play nc state nc state wasn't great that year they right. were i believe they went at that game six and four that year we talked about it before the show they actually opened the season against texas on the road and this was like the beginning of terrence holt blocking every kick just
1: anytime you unblockable terrence blocking holt. punts Field and goals, kicks puns. like
0: crazy nc state but nc state was six and four going into that year Eleven point favorite in that game. NC State had not beaten North Carolina since 1992. Okay, so a big winning streak was yeah. on the line. Playing one and seven, Carl, tu- Carl Torbush was out at the door. Right? They were they were going to yeah. get rid yeah. of him. Yeah, he was gone. Hayes, you know what happened?
1: Oh yeah, I remember. You see I feel like maybe they're. They didn't have any good quarterbacks, and I feel like even their serviceable quarterbacks may have been hurt. And they were using like a. It was
0: either this game of the year before, but yes, one of the Charlotte uh, gotcha. games, one of the games in Charlotte. It was just gross. It was nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine. They played in ninety nine. North Carolina won on ESPN. And uh, can you imagine like <laughs> watching one and seven on UNC versus six and four NC State? North Carolina beats NC State. Ten to six,
1: and this was also one of those lose the battle but win the war because right. I believe with Michael Kane losing that game,
0: and then they lost the next week down in Greenville to North East Carolina. Michael Kane lost his job. So
1: they pushed him out the door. Brought in
0: Chuck Amato,
1: which made the which you know kicked off a good run for NC State. North Carolina
0: beat NC State, beat Duke. And decided to keep Carl, to, Carl Carl Torbush for a year.
1: would set them up poorly right. for the John Bunting era that, that continued to set one them up Thursday poorly. One Thursday
0: night in Charlotte just totally kind of changed the the direction of, of the programs at that point. So, yeah, 1999, 20 years ago, North Carolina hosted the number one ranked Florida State Seminoles at Keenan Stadium. And they'll be doing it again this coming Saturday. Pop culture wise, God, there was some bad, bad <laughs> music.
1: I mean, I, I even recognize all these songs, most of them. I recognize them, them all.
0: I recognize them all. The number one song in the Billboard Top 10 was Unpretty by TLC.
1: A lot of these are like the band's less popular right. songs, right? It wasn't like, Waterfalls. When I get Waterfalls, we're getting Unpretty for TLC. And this is actually not a terrible song, but it gets worse from there. Then it's She's All I Ever Had from Ricky Martin. Right, well, it wasn't know. It's not Living La Vida Loca. Right. <laughs> It's whatever the next one was.
0: Uh Biomos from Enrique Iglesias. Biomos. Right.
1: Also,
0: going down the list, Genie in a Bottle was still I, I assume that was probably been on the list for like months at and that a, point. And it was
1: falling down. Uh, a lot some, of Latin flavor in 1999. A lot of Latin Summer music.
0: Girls by Summer Girls by oh LFO. Oh gosh.
1: What a great song. How is that, stop <laughs> it. How is that still song of the, the t- summer, charting right? in September? Seriously. Mambo number 5. Oh, my gosh. Lou Vega. and Fitch. Come on, the Hayes. Grammys shout in, them out. The Grammys in 99 had to be Smooth terrible. by Rob Thomas.
0: Everyone loves to walk outside, especially on a day like a day, and go, man, it's a hot one.
1: It's a hot one. Um,
0: All Star by Smash Mouth was on the top ten. Someday by Sugar Ray again. I'll write the someday. I,
1: it wasn't Sugar Ray's it, best. It wasn't day.
0: every morning. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And then uh, where my girls at? by seven, but I think it's where. My, yeah, where my girls at? From one. the front to back. Is don't that, even know about how it. that one goes. Yeah. So yeah, some pretty bad music was in on the Billboard charts. To movies, these were the top five at the box office that weekend. Double Jeopardy. That's a solid
1: one. That's a great. But it's Ashley Judd, right? Yeah. And. She gets convicted of killing her husband who she didn't kill. So then she's just out there knowing, I can't get convicted for killing him again. So I, I got a free reign to just shoot my husband. It's a great premise. Not a great movie. Good good movie. Great premise. I've been convicted for killing someone, so now I might as well just do it. Great premise. Blue Streak was number uh, two. Is that, I think that was Lawrence?
0: I thought I Blue Streak was the... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know Blue yeah. Streak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other ones were Six Sense.
1: Great movie. Oh, for, man.
0: For the love of the game.
1: Bruce Willis is a ghost. Great movie. Whoa. So,
0: whoa yeah. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> sorry. Great for movie. The, for the love of the game and American Beauty.
1: American Beauty also a good movie. Maybe uh, we got a little bit too into it. It's a little overrated yeah. time, but still still good. Yeah. And T- that bidding is great at that.
0: TV shows de- debuting that weekend cuz we're in the beginning of like new shows coming out, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: September. Yeah. September like
0: last night This Is Us came back on, which is a show that I watch. Pretty good show. I didn't watch it last night. I'm
1: I'm on the This Is Us Man Club fan club. I was inducted by my guys uh, Kyle and Brian over a mix.
0: A very good show debuted this week, West Wing. People love West Wing. Yeah, they would rather die for West Wing. I don't Wing. know West
1: Wing, but if you like West Wing, you freaking love West Wing. And you West tell Wing. us about it. <laughs> yeah, and you reference it all the time in politics. You're like, "Oh, it's just like when uh so it's like, uh, this this Trump Ukraine thing is just like what happened in West Wing." Da, 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 da. Like I, I didn't watch the show. Do they sorry. also
2: walk like that when they're doing yes, it? Yes, they walk
1: around <laughs> with swinging their shoulders. Uh, happily walking down, talking about West Wing, and tell you how that's the best. That's the way politics should be. West Wing. Freaks
0: and Geeks also debuted that week.
1: All right, that's a show that mm. wasn't great at the time, but now everybody claims it was their favorite show right. because <laughs> yes. of all the people that have come <laughs> yes. out of it. Right? Thank that's you. the whole uh, Jason. What's his name? Siegel. Jason, Jason Siegel, Siegel, Yeah. Um, Seth, Seth Rogen. Yeah. Some other good people on Freaks and Geeks. Like, yeah, you can. I'm. Whatever the viewership was of that show, actually, like, the ratings are like, oh, 10,000 people watched the first episode of Freaks and Geeks. There's like 2 million people <laughs> right. that claim I was all in on Freaks and Geeks from the beginning. And you just watch it retroactively, no, you I weren't. See. Uh, what else happening?
0: Family Feud came back after a four year hiatus with the host. <laughs> I'm, like Now you look back at it now, I, and I you're like, what? This. <laughs> Louis Anderson was the host of Family Feud.
1: You know Steve Harvey. No, you know Steve Harvey.
0: Uh, a few more uh, Broadway things, and I think you added this, so if you want to...
1: Yeah, there, there was I, Broadway was bad in 99. Beauty and the Beast was the biggest thing that was out, but that wasn't even debuting. That just did move theaters. I think it started in, like, 1994. Footloose, I think, was one of the big premiere ones. Terrible. And the other ones that were just running, to Get Your Gun and Cabaret, but those are both remakes. So One thing I do have to add, events that were happening in, in September of 1999. Yeah. The Fall Brawl. World Championship Wrestling went down. Lawrence Joel Coliseum, <laughs> September 12, 1999. Sting defeated Hulk Hogan. That's right. This is when Hulk Hogan was in the WCW. You had Goldberg taking down Diamond Dallas Page. I'm trying to think of some other things that were going on there. Um, I think there was even a... Uh, Something was going on with the Four Horsemen. But it was just cool that it was Sting versus Hulk Hogan, and it was in Winston-Salem, the fall brawl happening around the same time as UNC hosting um, Florida State number 1. I'm trying to read where it was. Oh, the War Games match was created when Dusty Rhodes was inspired by a viewing of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And it was supposed to be a specialty match for the Four Horsemen. So, fall brawl going on. All those things happening... Around
0: this time, around twenty years ago.
1: Where were you in nineteen ninety nine?
0: Still in uh, Lagrange, I was
1: middle school, in high maybe? school, middle, middle school. school? Um, John Rand, How about you? Twelve.
2: So yeah, middle school.
1: I was a second time around freshman <laughs> at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Had a boy, I have no recollection. Were you of at this, this game? G- <laughs> I, I, I bet you, I was at this game. But it was forty two to ten. There's no way I have any <laughs> recollection of this game. Did you they- know what I would remember? You know what I would remember? if UNC knocked off the number one team in the country because that would be a huge deal, just like it would be if they do it against Clemson. It would be a much better, bigger deal than beating Clemson and Chapel Hill in basketball, which has been done about 60 times.
0: You've been listening to the Best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL SportsFan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also drops every weekday at noon. Thanks again for listening to the Best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast.